Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Hope Sessions podcast with me, Jerry D. Every Monday for the next couple of months, we're going to be diving into the Word of God and discovering some of the incredible truths that are inside it. And I believe that as we begin to discover the power inside the Word, that it will greatly inspire, encourage, and impact our journey of faith as we continue to trust God in our daily lives. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it from. This greatly helps to spread the message about the podcast and also encourage other people to check it out for themselves. Don't forget the hope is to life as oxygen is to the body. The message is simple. But also don't forget to enjoy the show. Take care. God bless. Today we're going to be looking at a familiar passage in the Gospel of Mark. And it's the story where Jesus walks on water. It's found in Mark chapter 6, verses 45 to verse 56. And the title of today's message, I've simply called it, The Lord of the Storm Walks on the Water to Get to His People. Sounds like a lengthy title because it is. Um, and I believe that by the over the course of this episode, you will understand the meaning behind the chosen title. And I trust that it will be a blessing to you. But let's get into the word. It says the following in verse chapter five, or sorry, verse 45 of chapter six in the Gospel of Mark. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across to the lake of Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Later that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. And they were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret, and they brought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces and they begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. And I, I love this passage of scripture because it's talking about, um, it's really significant. You have Jesus uh, just after feeding the 5,000 earlier that day, and then at the end of the day, he's gone up to the hillside to pray while he's asked the disciples to get into the boat and go across to the other side. But I, I love it because I think it speaks a lot of the times to us. I love that in verse 48, it says that when Jesus saw that they were in serious trouble, they weren't just in trouble, they were in serious trouble. This was a, a wind and waves, or if you want to call it a storm that even the boat maker maybe wasn't even aware of, 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 even when he was probably creating the boat, you know, um, 
And I love it because Jesus is moved to action when he notices that his people are in trouble. And it's really interesting that it says about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, comma, walking on the water. Now, it's easy to say that Jesus is walking towards them. That's great. It's, it's an awesome reality um, that he's always walking towards us in our situations. But the fact that there's a comma there intends that there's something added towards the action. So he's walking on the water, which, which is proof that we can't walk on water, but it speaks to, to, to the, I suppose, an impossible situation. They probably didn't see a way out of this situation. I mean, it's a storm. They're fishermen. They would have been used to waves and, and difficult situations, I'm sure. But this was definitely something out of their range. But I love the fact that Jesus is moved to action when he notices that his people are in trouble. And as I was reading this passage of scripture, a question popped into my heart, and it's the following question. What does this encounter reveal to us about Christ and his involvement in our trials slash storms? And the answer is this. I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this answer, and it's the following. He is both aware and concerned about our struggles and our storms. I love that. Not only is he aware, but he's also concerned. Do you know, that's it's, it's a beautiful combination. And how do I know? But I'm glad you asked because he came towards them. And, and that action is a game changer in this passage. It speaks deeply to the game changing reality that we were stuck in our sins until Christ came. Christ came to earth. You know, he came to earth. He went to a cross 40 days after rising. He is still showing up to people like, like Jesus is unstoppable. And you know, scripture, it's interesting when we talk about walking on water, because the scriptures say that only God can thread, or thread is another word, to walk on water. Because in the book of Job, chapter 9, verse 8, it says the following. He alone has spread out the heavens and marches on the waves of the seas. I love that because when, when, when you talk about marching, marching is, is, is this reality of, of walking with with purpose, walking with confidence, walking with mission, walking with, with, with a, a clear assurance of where you're going. Do you know, it's, it's really beautiful to see that. And for, for the listener, let me, let me say this to you in light of this passage of scripture. What we deem or think is impossible, Jesus sees as an opportunity to once again reveal himself to us through that situation that we have declared impossible, out of reach, too difficult, even for Jesus himself. But Jesus goes to them in a way that only God can. He walks on top of the water. This is a picture of, of Jesus showing that he is God in this situation, that he has all authority, because if he didn't have authority, he wouldn't be able to walk on water. He would have drowned or would have been had to swim his way out. But no, he walks on the water you know it's what a what a beautiful thing to even consider in the passage of scripture and jesus like it's interesting because jesus passes by them and he reveals his presence and also his identity and why does he do this so that they could have confidence in the storm and I, it's oh man this is this is 
wow, thank God for his word. I'm getting excited even just considering some of these realities. But not only does he say it, say this to them, but he also proves it to them by coming towards them, proving his presence and his identity, because he wants to instill confidence in them to see that the very person they have walked with, the very person that they have seen heal people and do all sorts of miracles is now doing a miracle in the midst of them because something, a difficult situation they're in the midst of. And it doesn't matter about the size of the storm. Do you know, isn't, it, isn't that interesting? It's, you know, we talk about storms. Storms have different degrees of, of maybe sizes and difficulties and stuff, but it doesn't, it's interesting because it doesn't matter about the size of the storm once you know that he is with you in the midst of it where that confidence comes into your heart, knowing that you can face this difficult situation because Jesus has went before you. Not only has he went before you, but he's residing within you. And he's already made provision for the storm to bring you through the storm so that after the storm, you would give him glory for bringing you through the storm. He gets all the glory in Jesus' name. In verse 50, let me read it again. There's just a couple of verses I want to touch on. In verse 50, it says, they were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And I love it because there's three things happening in this verse. There's a command and then there's a who is Jesus. But then there's also it's followed by an encouragement. So the command is take or don't be afraid. And then he says, I am here to prove who it is. And then he's also saying, take courage. And I love that because not only is he telling them, don't be afraid, but he's saying, don't be afraid because I'm here. This is me. I'm, I'm, I'm your master. I am the Lord. I am the one who loved you. I am the one who has made provision for you to rescue you from the storm that you are currently in. The words, it is I, mean simply I am. He said this because they thought it was a ghost, but in fact, it was their master. When Moses asked God for his name, when God first revealed himself to Moses, God gave his name as I am. And I believe that's in Exodus chapter three, um, where it's talking about I am, which is a, a clear definition for saying I am God. You know, um, in verse 51 and 52, it says the following. It says, then he climbed into the boat, comma, game changer, and the wind stopped. Thank you, Jesus. They were totally amazed for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. You know that the same God who multiplied the loaves and the fishes just earlier this day was present with them in the stormy situation that they were currently in. What a powerful 24 hours that these disciples were experiencing. Do you know? Um, they failed to realize or grasp this reality that Jesus was the same God who was multiplying the fishes and loaves but it's like us, isn't it? We're, we're very like that. God can do a miracle for us. And, and maybe even in a matter of minutes later, we can just fall into maybe a time of discouragement or something. And we can start forgetting about what he's done, forgetting about the storms that he has brought us through. And this is why I'm, I'm very big on this. It is so important for us to preach the gospel to ourselves daily because we are prone to forgetting this every day. You know, I heard it said by a preacher, I'm not sure of the name, but um, the word of God is daily bread for daily use, you know. 
Jesus didn't leave them in their state of being terrified. And thank God he didn't. But he revealed himself in order to both settle them and encourage them. Um, and I love it because I, I want to use another example, I suppose, in my life of, of, of ways that the Lord has been speaking to me and, and showing me just who he is in, in a deeper way, the longer I journey with him. You know, so my brother, Danny, most of you may know him, but um, he's a father now to uh, Joshua, who was two years of age. And when Danny has, um, when Danny puts Joshua down to sleep, you know, he has a thing called a baby monitor that he turns on. There's one in the room and there's one wherever Danny is so that he keeps it beside him when, when he's watching telly or when he's sitting down with Aoife or whatever. And what I love about this baby monitor is, is for him to keep an eye on his son. But it doesn't matter who has Danny's ear. His son, Joshua, has his heart. So Joshua always has his father's ear. And that's a really profound thing to think about. Like, it doesn't matter who's in Danny's house. Danny knows that he's, he's got a son to look after. And it doesn't matter if, if the president himself walked in. Danny's responsibility as a father is to look after Joshua. So it's really powerful to see that no matter who has Danny's ear, Joshua has his heart. So Joshua overrules everyone else's opinion, I suppose, in a sense, you know. And it's the same with us, with our Heavenly Father. He has our ear, but he has our heart as well. Jesus is Lord in the storm. But I want to say this, don't forget that he is Lord of the storm. He is Lord in the storm and he is Lord over the storm and storms and difficult situations in your life. And there's one thing that I've learned. So I've been, I've been a Christian since the 7th of July, 2013. So it's about nine years now. Um, and there's one thing I've learned, I suppose, and it's really been cemented in my heart over the last number of years, number of years, sorry. And it's, I would rather go through the storm with Jesus than to sail through the waves of life without him. Life is difficult for everyone. Um, and that may sound cheesy, but it's the truth. And the longer you live, the, the more that reality becomes a bit more realized in your life. You know? And when we talk about God, if you've been in church for any length of time, usually when you hear people talking about God, you may have heard these three words to describe him. And it's really powerful. The first one is he is omniscient, which means that God is all knowing. The second one is that he is omnipresent, which means he is all present. And the third one is omnipotent, which means that he is all powerful. So that's really awesome to even consider that our God is all knowing. He is all present and he is all powerful. Hallelujah. And there's three things I want to leave with you um, as to close out this episode. Um, and it's the following. Point number one. You are never out of God's sight because he is all knowing, which means that God hasn't forgotten you. Let me say that again, because there's a lot in there. You are never out of God's sight because he is all knowing which means that God hasn't forgotten you. Point number two, you are never out of God's reach because he is all present, which means that God hasn't forgotten you. Powerful. Point number three, and, and to close it out, you are never out of God's care because he is all powerful, which means that God hasn't stopped loving you. Trust him today. Believe in him today. 
invite him into your boat so that you sail differently through the difficulty. And, you know, there's something on my mind that's just come back to my memory, just even as a way to close this episode out before we pray. Uh, one of my very good friends, Isaac Ward, a phenomenal musician, preacher, brother and friend. Um, I remember he shared, uh, it was a couple of years ago now, and he was opening a worship service for our youth ministry back in the day. And he said this, and I'll never forget it. He said that Jesus isn't outside your boat, but rather he's with you inside it. And that still encourages me to this day to consider that powerful reality that Jesus doesn't just see us in the storm and sit on the mountain, but rather he comes towards us. Rather, he's the one who can calm the winds and waves. And when he stepped into the boat, the waves stopped. So why don't we invite him even in this moment? Now we're going to together, we're going to invite him in to the boats, the difficult situations in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we've got to discuss a powerful real life encounter that you had with your disciples, how they were in difficult situations, Lord. And although they didn't call out to you, you came towards them. Love came towards them when they least expected it, but when they needed it the most. And Lord, we belong to you because we put our faith in your son, Jesus. You are our father. You have provided everything we've needed to this day. We thank you that you know you know the, the first day before the last day, Lord. And we pray even for the days ahead. With the storms we're in, would you give us peace, direction, comfort and encouragement? And Lord, even for the difficult storms that are probably going to come for many of us, we pray for your grace to be doing a work in our hearts so that, Lord, that we are encouraged before we even get there, that we are in some way prepared to trust you in those deep, dark, difficult moments. We declare you, Lord, over the storms in our life, but also, Lord, over our life first and foremost. And we, Lord, we trust you with today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year and beyond. And we ask that whatever happens in our lives, that, Lord, we trust Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And that, that's us today. And for that, we thank you, we love you, and we trust you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Hey, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Hope Sessions podcast with me, Jerry D. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're tuning into it from. This greatly helps to spread the word about the podcast, but also to encourage other people to check it out for themselves. Um, until next week, take care, God bless, and don't forget, hope is to life as often is to the body. Take care.